We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 723 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 19th, 2023, and we now have a tie atop the NFC East. Uh, Both the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles now are 10 and 4 in this 2023 NFL regular season. The Eagles have lost three consecutive games, a 2017 loss at the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football, despite the Seahawks being without their starting quarterback, Geno Smith. Drew Locke did the deed. The Eagles blew a 17-10 fourth quarter lead. Uh, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts did not have a good game. He does not look right right now. Uh, we have the Eagles for this game making <laughs> this uh, secret change at defensive coordinator with Senior defensive assistant Matt Patricia taking over defensive play calling duties from Sean Desai, who, funny enough, spent last season with the Seahawks. He was their associate head coach in charge of defense. The Eagles are struggling right now. You hate to see it. And by that, I mean you love to see it. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, well, <laughs> also struggling are the commanders. Uh, they have the longest active losing streak in the NFL five games. Uh, and gone now is the cheese man. Uh, so long and farewell to the cheese man. The commanders on Monday afternoon announced that they had released long snapper Cameron Cheeseman. Our next segment will react to what is the least surprising player transaction by the commanders this season. And we'll get into the takeaways from the Cameron Cheeseman saga, what goes down as such a representative saga for Washington with head coach Rod Rivera running player personnel. I then will get into various items from the commander's latest loss, the 28-20 loss at the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday, and from Ron's day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon, including Ron opening up a bit about the benching of quarterback Sam Howell uh, and giving us Ronnie's <laughs> about Sam. Oh, the Ronnie's, the language of Ron Rivera. Uh, it was in full effect on Monday afternoon. I'm going to miss the Ronnie's when Ron gets fired. I'll also hit on what went 
went on with the commander's offensive line in the loss at the Rams, and what went on with corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr. in the loss at the Rams. Him playing on just six of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, Also on the show, Orioles and Nationals news. A big development in the Masson dispute, which may finally be nearing an end, if you can believe that. Uh, Additionally, the O's finally have their lease situation for Oriole Park at Camden Yards wrapped up. I'll talk Wizards, uh, for whom defense remains optional. Uh, They late night on Monday night got ripped at the Sacramento Kings. One 43-131. And I will discuss a painful loss for Old Dominion football in the famous Toastery Bowl at Jerry Richardson Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina on Monday afternoon. A 38-35 overtime loss to Western Kentucky in a game in which the Monarchs blew a 28-0 second quarter lead. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. From Dominique on X on Sam Hell writes Dominique, I've been hoping that Sam would show more because I really want him to be the guy. But at this point, the next general manager has to explore a new quarterback. This season is done. The only thing that matters is a high draft pick. Sam would have to light up the next three games to be considered the future. Uh, Thank you for that. Dominique, I agree. Uh, Right now, if you had to make a call on whether whoever is running Commander's football operations beyond this season should move forward with Sam Howell as the team's QB1 or be aggressive in taking one of the top quarterbacks in the 2024 NFL draft, the answer without hesitation is the latter, right? I mean, I'd love to see Sam over the next three games play well enough to where the former and not the latter is the answer. But right now, it would be (laughs) ridiculous to say that the commanders unequivocally should move forward with Sam as a QB1, especially if the team is about to get a top four pick in the 2024 draft. Email from Kim on the performance of Jacoby Brissett in the commander's loss at the Rams. Writes Kim, you can say that the Rams were in prevent mode near the end of the game, but Sam Howell couldn't handle that prevent mode. Jacoby Brissett came in and threw darts. He looked really comfortable and fed our receivers. Don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-Sam. I just think that the game is too big for him. Maybe not later, but for now, yes. Did we have our quarterback sitting on the bench? No, but we potentially had some wins. We have some answers now, and that is all that we can ask for. Uh, Thank you for the email, Kim. Uh, Jacoby Brissett coming into that game on Sunday and providing this instant boost to the offense reminded me so much of what we have seen so many times in recent Washington history, a QB2 replacing a QB1 and the QB2 right away looking so much better than the QB1. Think Todd Collins in for Jason Campbell in 2007. Think Rex Grossman in for Donovan McNabb in 2010. Think you-know-who <laughs> in for Robert Griffin III in the 2015 preseason. Think Colt McCoy in for Alex Smith in 2018. Think Kyle Allen in for Dwayne Haskins in 2020. Think Taylor Heineke in for Carson Wentz in 2022. Uh, We have seen this so many times, right? The backup quarterback, for whatever reasons, being more comfortable with and more effective at running the offense. Now, Jacoby Brissett is a veteran. He's a smart guy. He has played in a number of different offenses. Him being more comfortable with and more effective at running the commander's offense isn't shocking. It is entirely possible 
that the commander's record for this regular season it would be better than 4-10 and 10 had Jacoby been the starting quarterback this season. But you know what? So what? And then what? <laughs> okay, that's how I look at that. So what? And then what? Let's say Jacoby Brissett had the commanders right now at, I don't know, 7-7. Seven and seven. Three more wins. I'll be super generous. The commanders would be in contention for a wild card spot with no guarantee of getting a wild card spot. And with the near certainty of even if they did get a wild card spot, getting defeated in the playoffs by an upper tier NFC team. And so the commanders would be right back to having a mid first round pick in an NFL draft and would be no closer to having a true answer at quarterback, a franchise quarterback, which we know that Jacoby Brissett is not. The idea with this commander season was to find out what the team had in Sam Howell. He has upside. He is not your normal quarterback who was taken in the fifth round of an NFL draft. Does he have franchise quarterback or at least legitimate QB1 potential? That was the point of this commander season as much as anything. That is the point of this commander season as much as anything. And that's why Sam should remain the team's starting quarterback for the rest of this season. Nothing about this commander season from an on-the-field standpoint matters more than Sam. And nothing matters more to the great law firm of Paulson and Nace than its clients. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. In your and your family's greatest time of need, Paulson and Nace is there for you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202 902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Ace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Ace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. In fact, Paulson and Ace was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firms 2024 edition. Uh, and Chris Nace and Matt Nace specifically are dedicated and decorated trial attorneys. Uh, Chris Nace in May was named the 2023 Barry J. Nace Trial Lawyer of the Year, this by the D.C. Trial Lawyers Association. Chris in July was elected as the Parliamentarian of the American Association for Justice, and both Chris and Matt Nace in August were recognized by Best Lawyers in America for 2024. Why the accolades? Well, Paulson and Nace fights for you. Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. This is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial, and that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202 202- 902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace.
Hey, please consider following the podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of the podcast. Uh, It is amazing how you cannot know what you have until it's gone. You know, that saying is so true. Washington over a 20 season stretch, 2001 through 2020, had just two number one long snappers, Ethan Albright and Nick Sundberg. Uh, Ethan Albright, a.k.a. the Red Snapper. (laughs) Uh, He was the Redskins long snapper for the 2001 through 2009 seasons. Nick Sundberg was the Washington long snapper for the 2010 through 2020 seasons. For two decades, we knew just two guys as our football team's long snapper, and we rarely, and I mean rarely, talked about the long snapper position. Well, we over the last four months have had more Washington long snapper talk than we have had in any year, maybe ever, and the talk has not been good, and now the source of that talk is gone. Uh, To the surprise of absolutely no one, the commanders on Monday afternoon announced that they had released long snapper Cameron Cheeseman, a.k.a. The Cheeseman. Uh, As we discussed on Monday's show, episode 722, Cameron Cheeseman in the Commander's 28-20 loss at the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday was guilty of a number of bad long snaps. And as you likely know by now, his bad long snapping had been an issue for months. Uh, The Commander's 29-28 win over the Baltimore Ravens at FedEx Field on Monday Night Football on August 21st to end (laughs) the Ravens' NFL record 24-game preseason winning streak. Remember that game? That game seems like forever ago, right? Well, that game included kicker Joey Sly connecting on a 49-yard field goal in the third quarter despite a terrible snap by Cameron Cheeseman, whose snap resulted in the football rolling on the grass toward punter slash holder Tress Way. Uh, Joey Sly in the Commanders' regular season opening 2016 win over the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field on September 10th went 2-2 on field goals despite two bad snaps by Cameron Cheeseman. Uh, Sly in the Commanders' 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos on September 17th missed a first quarter 49-yard field goal attempt, which was absurdly wide right of a bad snap by Cheeseman. Uh, Cheeseman had issues in the commander's 29-26 loss at the Seattle Seahawks on November 12th. Uh, Sly in that game missed a first quarter extra point attempt as the ball hit the left upright. The snap by Cheeseman on that extra point attempt was high. Uh, Sly in that game connected on a third quarter 47-yard field goal for a 12-9 commander's lead, thanks in part to a great hold by Tress Way, who capably handled a, yes, bad snap by Cheeseman as Tress corralled the ball and uh, had it properly properly turned laces out as Sly made the kick. Again, we over the last four months have had more Washington long snapper talk than we've had in any year, maybe ever. Uh, Commander's head coach Ron Rivera, he did a day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon, beginning shortly after 3 p.m. Now, the presser lasted for only about five and a half minutes. Uh, Ron's answers were short. Uh, This was not an expensive Ron Rivera. This is not a talkative Ron Rivera. You know, he's been like this lately. He very much is coming off like a head coach who knows that uh, his firing is imminent. But this was Ron on Monday afternoon on releasing Cameron Cheeseman. Well, it's just one of those things that 
a certain point where it, it, it hadn't been fixed the way it needs to be fixed to be consistent all the time. Uh, it's unfortunate because for two solid years, you know, we got some real good stuff from him. And unfortunately, this year it was not as consistent as it needed to be. No, it was not. Uh, you know, I was thinking about what we talked about on Monday's show, how this Cameron Cheeseman saga is a perfect microcosm of Ron Rivera's bad player personnel as Washington head coach in the, wait for it, coach-centric approach. Uh, there is so much to this. Uh, we have the positional value aspect, right? The saga of the Cheeseman includes Washington spending an actual draft pick on a long snapper. The team took him in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL draft. This is something that an NFL team should almost never do. Quality special team specialists routinely are found via free agency and waivers. The positional values of long snapper, kicker, and punter are such that draft capital should rarely be spent on those positions. The commander's senior vice president of football strategy, Eugene Shen, uh, who is running the team's analytics, I promise you that our guy Eugene despises Washington having spent a draft pick on Cameron Cheeseman. And sure enough, do you know what happened right after Washington took Cameron Cheeseman with the number 225 overall pick in the 2021 draft. The Kansas City Chiefs took guard Trey Smith with the number 226 overall pick in that 2021 draft. Uh, Trey Smith has played in and started 47 of a possible 48 regular season games for the Chiefs. He has been a staple on the offensive line for perhaps the best organization in the NFL in recent seasons. You can reach me on X at Al Galdi. I, on Monday morning, got the following from Sonny and Sam, writes Sonny and Sam, this angst over using a draft pick on a long snapper by everyone is just dumb. Most sixth and seventh round picks never are on a team for longer than a year or two. The problem is, again, bad player evaluation by this group. If you find a good six-round long snapper, I'm fine with using a draft pick on him. Uh, thank you for that, Sonny and Sam. Uh, well, you're right in that bad player evaluation with Cameron Cheeseman is a huge part of what happened here. But Trey Smith is why you don't spend a six-round pick on a long snapper. There are good players everywhere in NFL drafts. You don't take a long snapper at the expense of not taking someone at a much more valuable position. Positional value matters a lot. Long snapper is the least valuable position in football. Now, the position matters, don't get me wrong, but if you put together a hierarchy of the positions in football, long snapper is dead last. There's no debating that. So we, with this Cameron Cheeseman saga, have the positional value aspect. Uh, we have the trade aspect. <laughs> the fact that Washington didn't just spend a draft pick on a long snapper. Washington spent a draft pick acquired by a trade on a long snapper. Washington, on day three of that 2021 draft, May 1st, 2021, traded a 2022 fifth round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles for one of their 2021 Six round picks and one of the Eagles 2021 seventh round picks in Washington with the six round pick acquired via trade with the Eagles took Cameron Cheeseman 
out of the University of Michigan. Uh, we, with this Cameron Cheeseman saga, have the player evaluation with what we just hit on, uh, him not being good as a long snapper as he ended up being released by the team before the end of his third NFL season. You know, at least if Cheeseman was a really good long snapper, you could say, hey, the team had the bad process, but the team did get itself a really good long snapper. Uh, no. Uh, he was not a really good long snapper. He was a bad long snapper. And we, with this Cameron Cheeseman saga, have Ron Rivera sticking with Cheeseman as the team's long snapper for too long. Heck, Cheeseman himself, in his postgame session with reporters after the loss at the Rams on Sunday, said the following regarding being worried about being released. Quote, I mean, I've been worried all year. I haven't been performing the way I've been wanting to. Most places I probably wouldn't be around still. End quote. Most places I probably wouldn't be around still. So Cameron Cheeseman himself admitted (laughs) that he should have been out a while ago. Uh, You know, I respect Cameron Cheeseman for saying that. Uh, I actually don't want to beat up on the guy now that he has been released, but this Cameron Cheeseman saga is a masterclass in bad player personnel, the kind of bad player personnel that has so (laughs) become apparent with how poorly this Commander's season has gone. The Commanders for this regular season, 4-10, point differential of minus 142, tied for the second worst point differential in the NFL. The worst of Ron Rivera's four seasons as Washington head coach in the coach-centric approach is this fourth season, despite the team not having been wrecked by injury or an overly difficult schedule or any other random quirky thing that can ruin an NFL team season. And so what you're left to conclude is that both the coaching and the player personnel have been bad, really bad. And the bad player personnel is captured via this Cameron Cheeseman saga. And, you know, I mentioned Eugene Shen. So he clearly is a Josh Harris guy, right? One of my favorite things about our guy, Josh, about the commander's managing partner, our leader, Josh Harris, is that he is big on analytics. I hope like heck that the massive commander's football operations change that we all know is coming results in our team becoming a true leader in analytics in the NFL, the way that the Philadelphia Eagles currently are. But here you have Josh Harris and Eugene Shen, two forward-thinking analytics guys, Two guys who were behind the commanders trading edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young on October 31st, what was 2023 NFL trade deadline day. The Cameron Cheeseman saga is the exact opposite, (laughs) the exact antithesis of what Josh Harris and Eugene Shen want with commanders football operations. Bad process, bad result. Uh, You go back to something like the commander's horrendous time management late in the loss at the Rams on Sunday. Uh, That time management is the exact opposite, the exact antithesis of what Josh Harris and Eugene Shen want with commander's football operations. I mean, I did not want the commanders to win this game, but we in the game did have this criminal time mismanagement by the commander's on their final offensive drive, which resulted in quarterback Jacoby Brissett's fourth and goal, three-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Curtis Samuel with 146 left in the fourth quarter to cut the commander's deficit to 28-20. The commanders on the drive operated with such little urgency as they were huddling before each play, repeatedly snapped the ball with little time left on the play clock. I mean, what the team was thinking, what 
the team was doing in operating this way, I have no idea. And again, I did not want the commanders to win this game, but presumably the coaches and players wanted to win the game, right? I mean, what we had with the commanders wasting 20 plus seconds right before the second half two minute warning was comical. We get a first and goal for the commanders at the one with 227 left in the fourth quarter, running back Chris Rodriguez Jr. I formation handoff run for a two yard loss. The play ended with about 222 left in the fourth quarter. Ron Rivera, whose commanders were down 28-14, then let the clock run down (laughs) to the two-minute warning. Bad process, bad result. You know, what is happening with the commanders right now, what is being revealed about Ron's time as Washington head coach, the player personnel having been so bad, these things are making what was always the likely outcome of this season, Josh Harris firing Ron Rivera, one of the single easiest and most obvious firings that we've ever had in Washington, D.C. sports. It would be hard to script a 2023 commander season that would convince Josh Harris more (laughs) that he needs to fire Ron than this season has to be convincing Josh that he needs to fire Ron. Well, you likely do not need any convincing of how difficult, how tedious dealing with insurance can be. Uh, And so if you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., put BMC Insurance to work for you regarding insurance for your employees. BMC Insurance can assist you with designing and implementing group benefit plans for employees. These plans include group health, dental, vision, life, and disability insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a big Commanders fan, a loyal listener of this podcast. Make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance uses cost-effective technology platforms to help employers manage employee onboarding and open enrollment periods. BMC Insurance conducts open enrollment meetings with its clients' employees via Zoom, a pre-recorded webinar, or an in-person meeting. And BMC Insurance is run by people like Matt Brooks who develop relationships with the employees of its clients so that the employees go to BMC Insurance with insurance carrier claim or billing issues, not you, the employer. You see... BMC Insurance takes the insurance burden off the employee and off the employer so that the employee and the employer can focus on what they do for a living and not insurance. BMC Insurance advises on strategies regarding implementing new group benefit plans and implementing employer contributions to these group benefit plans. Also, BMC Insurance can assist those who do not get health and dental insurance from their employers in obtaining health and dental insurance from the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link. And BMC Insurance understands how federal tax credits available through the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link work and benefit those who are eligible. The federal open enrollment period for those purchasing health insurance for themselves runs now through January 15th. If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., there is a better way to do insurance. Let BMC Insurance take how you do insurance for your employees to an elite level for both them and you. Put BMC Insurance to work for you. Go to insurancebmc.com, talk to Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. That's insurancebmc.com, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you.
More now on the commanders of their 28-20 loss at the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday and off commanders head coach Rod Rivera's a day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon. So the benching at quarterback. Uh, Sam Howell does remain the commander's starting quarterback, as he should, but he and the loss at the Rams was so bad that he got benched. Uh, Sam went just 11 of 26 for just 102 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He took one sack. He had three carries for 22 yards. Sam is not playing well. Uh, his total QBR per ESPN for each of the commander's last two games has been less than 30. Uh, QBR is on a scale of 0 to 100. He, over the commander's last four games, has just two touchdown passes versus six interceptions. Uh, it's funny, Sam of the loss at the Rams took just one sack. That's something that we not long ago would have been celebrating, that we would have been throwing a parade over, <laughs> right? Uh, but that ended up being an oh-by-the-way aspect of the game, given how poorly Sam played. Uh, Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on if Sam has hit a wall in his development. Well, you know, there, there, there has been some positives and there continue to be positives. But, you know, the, the thing you always want to make sure is, as you're saying, you know, we're, we're still seeing the growth. And, you know, that's something we have to sit down and discuss and see exactly where we all feel he is. Well, Ron Rivera during his postgame press conference on Sunday evening said that he benched Sam Howell in the fourth quarter of the loss at the Rams in favor of Jacoby Brissett in order to protect Sam. Uh, Ron on Monday afternoon got pressed on this idea of protecting Sam, got pressed by a friend of this podcast, Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic. Uh, here was the back and forth between Ben and Ron. Ron, could you uh, clarify a little bit yesterday when you said you, you pulled Sam Howell to sort of protect him? Could you kind of clarify what you mean by that? Pretty much what I said. Are you talking physically, mentally? You didn't, you're afraid of another pick six? Like, like I said, just, it's, it's exactly what I said, Ben. All right. Ron Rivera not wanting to expound on why he benched Sam Howell on Sunday. I think that the protection that Ron was talking about with Sam was more mental than physical. I mean, Sam in the game only got sacked once, and the Rams for the game totaled just four quarterback hits. That's not to say that Sam wasn't under duress at times, but it's not like he took a beating in this game. We certainly have seen him take much greater poundings than what he took on Sunday. I think that Ron benching Sam was about giving Sam a mental break, almost like putting him in timeout and letting him see how a veteran quarterback runs the offense. And sure enough, we saw some really good stuff from Jacoby Brissett. I give him a lot of credit. He went 8-10 for 124 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. He took no sacks. He had two carries for nine yards. Jacoby, for the game, was the second highest graded commander's player for pro football focus. He registered an overall grade of 92. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, we on Monday afternoon had this exchange between Scott Abraham, sports anchor for 7 News DC, and Ron Rivera. Ron, when you when you pull a young quarterback like that, what type of conversations do you feel like you need to have, if any, with Sam over the coming days? As long as he understands why we're doing things, that's probably the most important thing. I think if, if you communicate with everybody and, and they understand, that's probably the most important thing. So in terms of a response from Sam, what do you want to see in practice and in, in the games kind of going forward? Because, you know, maybe he hit a little bit of a roadblock right now. Absolutely. And, 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 and you know, that, that stuff that you, you have to take, I have to take into consideration is exactly where he is and how is he handling these things. 
and then again, just see him reset himself and, and get it going. He's done a really good job for us, and it's a long year. Uh, it's been a tough year, but um, you know, again, this is you know stuff that that you know we can we can hope that he understands, he learns, he grows from. There was one other item from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon regarding the benching of Sam Howell that was notable to me. Uh, Ron got asked if Sam would still be the commander's starting quarterback if the team still was in playoff contention. This was Ron's answer. Well, if, if this was about if this was about playoffs and and you know we're right in the middle of it and and stuff like that. That's something you have to most certainly consider. You know, are are we? Do we still have that opportunity to continue to win? You know, and that's that's one of the things you always consider because again, you want to make sure everybody's getting the opportunity to be successful. So, to me, that right there was classic Ron Rivera. That was classic Ronnie's, <laughs> as we like to say on this podcast. Ronnie's being the language of our guy. Ron Rivera. We all now speak fluent Ronnie's. Uh, that right there was Ron essentially saying if we were in playoff contention, Sam would not be our starting quarterback. That's how I took that answer. And that to me is funny because it wasn't that long ago that Ron Rivera was constantly playing the Sam Howell card, right? And was constantly invoking the name Sam Howell, whatever possible, and was pounding the drum of growth and development, right? Growth and development. Growth and development. Growth and development. (laughs) That's right. Growth and development. And yet here we had Ron on Monday afternoon saying without saying that if the commanders were in playoff contention, Sam would not still be the team's starting quarterback. Uh, My friends, what we have here is yet another instance of Ronnie's, the language of Ron Rivera, a language in which what is said today may not be in effect for tomorrow, (laughs) okay? What is said today only goes for today. You know, it was on November 20th that Ron, during his day after the game press conference off the 31-19 loss to the New York Giants at FedEx Field, hammered us with the theme of growth and development. Growth and development? That's right, Ron. Growth and development. Well, just two weeks later, December 4th, Ron, during his day after the game press conference off the 45-15 loss to the Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field on December 3rd, pushed back on this narrative of growth and development. And now, Ron, during this most recent day after the game press conference, has strongly indicated that if the commanders were in playoff contention, Sam Howell would not still be the team's starting quarterback. Again, we have gone from Ron constantly playing the Sam Howell card and constantly invoking the name Sam Howell whenever possible and pounding the drum of growth and development. Growth and development? That's right, Ron. Growth and development. We have gone from all of that (laughs) to now Ron strongly indicating that if the commanders were in playoff contention, Yeah, Sam would not still be the team's starting quarterback. Uh, Well, the commanders are not in playoff contention. Uh, They on Sunday were officially eliminated 
from playoff contention. Uh, the commander's offensive line in this loss at the Rams. So the commander's starting offensive line was what it has been for weeks now. Uh, Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle, Chris Paul at left guard, Tyler Larson at center, Samuel Cosme at right guard, and Andrew Wiley at right tackle. However, only two of the commander's five starting offensive linemen played on 100% of the team's offensive snaps. Right tackle, Andrew Wiley, and right guard, Samuel Cosby. Uh, now, Cosby and Wiley were two of the four highest-graded commander's offensive players in the game. For Pro Football Focus, Samuel Cosby for the game was the commander's highest-graded player for PFF. He registered an overall grade of 93.1. You know, Cosme is having a good season, and he is staying healthy. Knock on wood. Durability had been a big question with Sam Cosme. Uh, Andrew Wiley for the game. He was the fourth highest graded commander's offensive player for PFF. He registered an overall grade of 72.4. And the commander's other three starting offensive linemen in the game all did not play on all of the commander's offensive snaps. So left tackle Charles Leno Jr., he was knocked out of the game by a calf injury. He played on 72% of the commander's offensive snaps. Uh, Leno, by the way, committed a key penalty. Commander's second offensive drive resulted in a late first quarter turnover on downs. The sixth snap of that drive, first and 10 for the commanders at their 47. Leno committed a 10-yard holding penalty, negating a 13-yard reception by receiver Terry McLaurin. Uh, Center Tyler Larson was knocked out of the game by a knee injury. He played on 73% of the commander's offensive snaps. And while Chris Paul was the commander's starting left guard, he played on just 28% of the commander's offensive snaps. And returning left guard Sadiq Charles played on 72% of the commander's offensive snaps. The commanders on Friday afternoon announced having activated Sadiq from the reserve injured list. He had been on that since October 28th due to his uh, problematic calf, uh, which he re-injured in the 14-7 loss at the New York Giants on October 22nd. So Chris Paul started on Sunday, but Sadiq Charles played the bulk of the game for the commanders at left guard. Uh, But Chris and Sadiq for the game were the two lowest graded commanders players for pro football focus. They registered overall grades of 42.4 and 37.4, respectively. Uh, The most notable item for the commander's defense in the loss at the Rams in terms of playing time was what went down with the commander's top two picks in the 2023 NFL Draft. First round corner, Emmanuel Forbes Jr. and second round defensive back, Quan Martin. Uh, Forbes on Sunday was back. He returned from a two-game absence caused by an elbow injury that he suffered in the 31-19 loss to the Giants at FedEx Field on November 19th. But Forbes played on just 8% of the commander's defensive snaps, a total of just 6 defensive snaps. And Ron Rivera, during his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon, in no way indicated that Forbes not playing much in the game was injury-related. However, we also in the game had Quan Martin playing on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps. He was one of five commander's defensive backs who each played on 100% of the team's defensive snaps. The others were quarters Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller and safeties Cameron Curl and Percy Butler. I am all for a second-round rookie in Quan Martin getting a bunch of playing time late in a lost season uh, like this one for the Commanders. But what does it say that the team's 2023 first-round pick 
in this basically meaningless game late in this lost season played on just six of the team's defensive snaps. What is going on here? What are we doing here? You know, this goes back to the bad player personnel that we talked about last segment. Uh, It's too early to say that Emmanuel Forbes is a bust, but he is tracking like a bust. There's no disputing that. This has been an awful rookie season for him, with him struggling and getting benched and getting injured. And now he barely played in this return game, this loss at the Rams on Sunday. Well, something that Emmanuel Forbes can play and you can play is underdog fantasy, which is great for not just fantasy football, pro and college, but also fantasy basketball, pro and college, and fantasy hockey. The daily pick'em games are super easy and fun. Uh, The season-long fantasy is simple. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. A deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Underdog Fantasy offers daily contests and season-long fantasy. In fact, Underdog Fantasy offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be really time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Nate, we all love the NFL, and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like picking players for your fantasy team, only with Little Caesars pizza you never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Hey, some baseball for you. A few items regarding the Orioles, including an item regarding both the O's and the Nationals. Uh, I'm not sure why this isn't getting more attention, but there has been a major development in the Masson dispute, the never-ending Masson dispute, which has been going on since 2012. We have learned that we this month have had the O's and Nats agreeing on the Masson money for the 2017 through 2021 seasons. Uh, The teams jointly told the New York Supreme Court that the teams concurred with a recent MLB arbitration decision that each club was due $304 million for those five seasons, amounting to $60.8 million per season. Uh, It was this past June that we learned of the O's and Nats having resolved the mass and money for the previous five season stretch, 2012 through 2016. That was the big hurdle because the money for those five seasons had been a sticking point for years, <laughs> okay? Again, never-ending mass and dispute, but once that got resolved, the feeling was that future money would be more easily resolved, and sure enough, the money for the 2017 through 2021 seasons now has been resolved. Uh, now, the mass and dispute still is not over. Uh, the teams still have to figure out the 2022 and 2023 seasons. And even once those seasons are figured out, the mass and deal still will be in place. But we are seeing progress. We are seeing movement. Uh, and the number one takeaway here is that maybe, just maybe, the sale of the Nats by the learners held up for years now by this mass and dispute might actually end up happening sometime soon. Uh, the mass in dispute, in other words, the uncertainty for a potential buyer of the Nats of how much local television money the team is getting has been a big-time impediment to the sale of the Nats. Well, maybe, hopefully, that impediment is being removed. Uh, it was on April 11, 2022, that we learned that the learners had begun exploring selling a portion of the Nats to a new limited investor or new limited investors or just outright selling the entire team. But here we are well into December 2023 and the learners still own the Nats. And we hear like nothing about the sale of the Nats. And also now in play is the Orioles being sold. And I don't think that this is a coincidence. Uh, It was just a few weeks ago, December 8th, that Bloomberg reported that Washington, D.C. area billionaire David Rubenstein was in talks to buy the O's. So we could have both the Nats and the O's sold within the next year or so. The Commanders, the Nats, and the O's all could be sold within like a one or two year period. Uh, That would be something. Uh, Meantime, at last, the Orioles' lease situation is done. 
Uh, boy, <laughs> did this end up taking a lot longer than it ever needed to take, but the deal now is done. Uh, the team's lease for playing games at Oriole Park at Camden Yards had been set to expire on December 31st. Uh, yeah, no rush. Uh, but we on Monday afternoon got the following press release from the O's. Quote, the Baltimore Orioles have agreed to a partnership with the state of Maryland, Governor Westmore, and the Maryland Stadium Authority that will keep the Orioles at Camden Yards for 30 years. The deal, which follows the broad shared goals of the Memorandum of Understanding agreed to this fall, represents the commitment by the Orioles organization to the city of Baltimore, our fans, and the desire to reinvigorate the area in and around Oriole Park at Camden Yards and the downtown corridor. Additionally, this new lease agreement will spur economic growth, drive community impact, and foster the ability to maintain and build a winning, competitive, and unmatched Major League Baseball team. End quote. Uh, The Orioles chairman, CEO, and managing partner, John Angelos, he all the way back in February told reporters that he hoped to have a new lease done by the All-Star break. Uh, That did not happen. Uh, But now the lease officially has happened. Uh, We in September did have that memorandum of understanding. It is worth noting two things with this agreement. A, Uh, There is an option to end the agreement after 15 years if the O's do not receive approval from state officials to develop the areas of land surrounding Camden Yards. The team has until the end of 2027 to reach an agreement on that front. B, the deal also features a no relocation clause that financially disincentivizes the O's from leaving Baltimore, uh, where the franchise has been located since 1954. As you may know, No, we for a while now have had rumors, have had scuttlebutt that the O's may eventually move. Uh, We in June 2022 had Louis Angelos filing a lawsuit against his brother, John Angelos, and their mother, Georgia Angelos, for control of the O's. Among the items in the lawsuit was John Angelos, according to Louis Angelos, wanting to move the Orioles to Tennessee. Uh, Well, the legal battle between the members of the Angelos family has since been settled, and hopefully sometime soon, the Angelos family sells the O's and the Lerner family sells the Nats. Well, the Wizards' defense being bad is nothing new, uh, but we, this season, are seeing a special kind of bad defense from our tanking Wizards. Uh, They, late night on Monday night, allowed at least 142 points for a third time in five games. The Wizards fell to 4-22 in this NBA regular season with a 143 131 loss at the Sacramento Kings late night on Monday night in the second game of a back-to-back. The Wizards trailed for the entire second half, and (laughs) their defense was horrible. Uh, They allowed the Kings to score 143 points, including 39 points in the second quarter and 46 points in the third quarter. The Wizards allowed the Kings to go 17 of 43 on threes, score 64 points in the paint, and finish with, get this, 35 assists versus just seven turnovers, an assist-to-turnover ratio of 5-to-1. 
Uh, also, the Wizards allowed 6'10 King center DeMontis Sabonis to have a triple-double. Uh, he in just 32 minutes, 8 seconds as a starter went what a one on threes, a 10 of 15 on twos and 5 of 6 on free throws. He finished with 28 points, 13 rebounds, including three offensive boards, a 12 assists versus two turnovers, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 25. Uh, we did once again see the Wizards' offense be good. Uh, they scored 131 points, went 18-38 on threes, 26-47 on twos, and 25-30 on free throws. Good offensive games for Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. Poole, in 28 minutes, 32 seconds, as a starter, went 8-13 of 13 on threes, 2-5 on twos. He finished with 28 points. Kuzma, in 29 minutes, 12 seconds, as a starter, went 3-7 on threes, 5-9 on twos, and 8-8 of eight on threes throws. He finished with 27 points and eight rebounds. Did have one assist versus three turnovers, but also good was Tyus Jones. He in 28 minutes, 19 seconds as a starter, went two of two on threes and five of eight on twos. He finished with 16 points and nine assists versus no turnovers. Uh, the Wizards can score. They can do offense. Uh, they just refuse <laughs> to play defense. Uh, no Danilo Gallinari for the Wizards in this game. He did not play due to rest. The Wizards remain without DeLon Wright, Landry Shamit, and Johnny Davis due to injury. Next up for the Wizards at the Portland Trailblazers, Thursday night at 10 in the first game of a back-to-back as the Wizards are at the Golden State Warriors Friday night at 10. Well, the Wizards, after this four-game trip out west, have a bunch of home games. The Game Time app right now has some excellent deals on Wizards tickets. Take advantage of these deals for tickets for you or someone as a gift this holiday season, and you can save even more money by using the promo code ALGALDI. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the Game Time app. What makes Game Time great is its best price guarantee. So you don't have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. Game Time's best price guarantee means that you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about Game Time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team venue or artist. Uh, also, Game Time is the app for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Find out why. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time which is offering a great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app and use that promo code ALGALDI. Game Time, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And before we call it a show, some college football, a wild bowl game for Old Dominion, but also a loss for Old Dominion, a killer loss. Uh, the Monarchs concluded a 6-7 and seven season 
with a 38-35 overtime loss to Western Kentucky in the famous Toastery Bowl at Jerry Richardson Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina on Monday afternoon. Uh, So a winning selection for Goldilocks. So we did have the Hilltoppers plus the three and a half, but a brutal loss for ODU, which blew a 28-0 second quarter lead and lost the fourth quarter 21-0 and had a 47-yard field goal attempt blocked with less than three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Western Kentucky's 28-point comeback win is the fourth largest come-from-behind win in college football history for a bowl game. Unreal. Also, the Monarchs lost this game despite Western Kentucky starting quarterback Austin Reed not playing in the game. Uh, He ended up not playing in the game due to lingering injuries or preparing for the NFL draft or both. Uh, But WKU's third-string quarterback, Caden Veltkamp, he came off the bench and he tore up the Old Dominion defense. Veltkamp did not start the game. He came into the game in relief and he went 40 of 52 for 383 yards, five touchdowns, and an interception. He did take three sacks, but he also was impactful as a runner. Uh, Good to see the Monarchs get to a bowl game, but man, that was a rough loss. Uh, As for what's next for bowl games for the FBS teams of the Mid-Atlantic region, we have four other bowl games. James Madison versus Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl at Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas, this Saturday afternoon, December 23rd at 3.30. Virginia Tech versus Tulane in the Military Bowl at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland on Wednesday afternoon, December 27th at 2. Maryland versus Auburn in the Music City Bowl at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee on Saturday afternoon, December 30th at 2. And number 23, Liberty versus number 8, Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona on New Year's Day at 1 p.m. And that will do it for you and me for now. Get the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 724. We'll include a lot for you on the commanders, including a conversation with NFL analytics expert Neil Greenberg of the Washington Post. Also on Wednesday show, I'll talk college basketball. Tuesday night, a very busy night. Maryland is home to Nichols State. Tuesday night at 8.30. Georgetown is at Butler. Tuesday evening at 6.30. Number 22, Virginia is at Memphis. Tuesday night at 7. And number 20, James Madison is home to Coppin State. Tuesday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Growth and development. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.